You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder podcast, episode 22, The Benefits of Water-Only Fasting. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Soul and Wonder podcast. We are your hosts, Sarah and Christopher. Drum roll, please. We are pumped. We just got to interview someone who's sort of like a celebrity in our whole foods, plant-based, integrative medicine world, Dr. Alan Goldhammer. I know. I feel like a kid in a candy shop right now. We've got a lot of information coming to you, jam-packed in a very consolidated interview. So turn on your listening ears. Short, brief, and to the point. But to give you a brief rundown on Dr. Alan Goldhammer before we introduce him to you. For over 30 years, he's been the director of the True North Health Center and the True North Health Foundation in Santa Rosa, California. And True North Health is an integrative medical facility whose staff includes a dozen clinicians representing medicine, osteopathy, naturopathy, chiropractic, and psychology. Their 58-bed facility admits over 1,000 inpatients per year and specializes in medically supervised water-only fasting. They're doing a lot of great things at this place. Not to mention it's nonprofit the foundation and it provides internship and residency training to over 30 doctors per year and their clinical research team continues to conduct and publish clinical research on the application of fasting to the treatment of high blood pressure diabetes autoimmune disorders and lymphoma and dr goldhammer is also the author of the health promoting cookbook which is something we need to add to our list asap among the many other books and co-author of The Pleasure Trap, which if you were with us with Adam Sud in a previous podcast episode, episode 18, yep. was it? He mentions The Pleasure Trap, and we highly, highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode as well as buy this book. So Dr. Goldhammer was the principal investigator in a number of studies that have appeared in peer-reviewed literature, including two papers of the use of fasting in the treatment of high blood pressure and a recent report that appeared in the British Medical Journal on the treatment of lymphoma cancer with fasting and an exclusively plant-based diet. So we're going to let Dr. Alan Goldhammer take you into water-only fasting, the benefits, what you can get from it, um, who it's good for. It's not just recommended for people with things such as high blood pressure, diabetes, or even cancer, but it's also even recommended for people with autoimmune disorders as well as healthy people who just like to use it as preventative care. I know that Dr. Alan uh, mentioned he does it on a regular basis, intermittent fasting and water fasting, things of that sort. So, you're going to learn a lot of juicy stuff here. And of course, at the end of the episode, stick around for your health tip, which is... Uh, We are going to be talking about the herb skull cap. There you go. Catch you on the flip side. All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Goldhammer. Thanks for coming on. It's my pleasure. 
We're really, we're really excited to have you here as water-only fasting has been an, an extreme topic of interest for us lately. Um, now, we kind of explained to our listeners a little bit about the True North Health Center, and we're curious, what inspired the creation of this facility? Well, when it comes to uh, water-only fasting, one of the, the limiting factors is that it needs to be medically supervised. So when we realized that fasting was going to be an important part of what it took to actually get people well, we didn't have any choice but to come up with a, a model that would allow us to affordably have people stay in a controlled environment where we could, uh, you know, we could provide appropriate support, guidance, and supervision. And so, you know, 34 years ago, my wife, Dr. Morano, and I uh, returned from Australia where I had trained with Alec Burton, who happened to be the world's expert in the use of water fasting. And uh, we opened up uh, True North Health uh, Center in uh, 1984. And since then, uh, we've grown quite a bit. We now have, you know, 53 people on staff, a dozen clinicians. We see 1,000 people a year admitted for fasting supervision. And we've got, uh, you know, uh, the ability to treat a large number and wide variety of people with our diverse staff. We also have the True North Health Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit whose mission is public education and research. And we've got a research team. We've been able to publish some papers uh, in peer-reviewed journals. We've got a number of other things kind of in works right now. So we're very excited to be able to demonstrate how effectively fasting is at helping people overcome uh, a variety of conditions. That's great. Now, in, 19, in 1984, when you started, how was the water fasting scene? Was there, was it popular or was it gaining popularity? How was it at that point? Well, at that point, uh, I remember the California Board of Medical Quality Assurance said that recommending fasting to somebody was such a gross violation of the standard of medical practice that they felt it might rise to the level of criminal negligence. <laughs> so definitely not, uh, you know, at one point I had a, a criminal defense attorney representing me. The um, Now fasting has gone from being criminal quackery to being cutting-edge research. So there's been a huge evolution in the acceptance, uh, not of just of fasting, but of the role that a plant-based SOS-free diet might play in helping people recover health. SOS, of course, is the international symbol of danger. It also stands for sugar, oil, and salt. <laughs> so the idea of a, of a diet that has animal foods and highly processed foods being detrimental has become much more accepted. And there's a large number of people that recognize the importance of adopting a whole plant food SOS-free diet as a critical need to both recover and maintain optimum health. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. That's a topic that we frequent very often on our podcast, a whole foods plant-based diet. Um, so to get back on the subject of water-only fasting, to help our listeners understand it a little bit better, what exactly is that and what are some of the benefits that you're seeing at your facility? Who is it for, et cetera? Well, water-only fasting is just what it sounds like, where you drink water only in an environment of rest, hopefully under direct medical supervision. What, what patients do is they stop eating for anywhere from 5 to 40 days, and during this time, the body is able to kind of do what it does best, and that's heal itself. So the, the patients that we see the most commonly are patients that have cardiovascular disease like high blood pressure, um, type 2 diabetes, uh, a whole host of autoimmune diseases, conditions like rheumatoid and osteoarthritis, ulcerative colitis, asthma, eczema, psoriasis, these kinds of things. Uh, we also have been recently treating conditions like lymphoma, uh, which is a cancer of the lymph. Um, we've 
published papers, one of our papers, Medically Supervised Water-Only Fasting in the Treatment of Hypertension, demonstrated the largest effect sizes that have ever been shown, actually, in treating high blood pressure in humans. We took 174 consecutive patients with high blood pressure, and 174 people were able to lower their pressure enough to eliminate the need for medication. Wow. With an effect size of over 60 points in stage 3 hypertension, again, the largest effect ever shown. Basically, if you have essential hypertension, the most effective treatment to date shown would be to go through medically supervised fasting and follow it with a plant-based SOS-free diet, and you can have a high degree of confidence that your blood pressure uh, will begin to reduce and eventually eliminate the need for medication and hopefully reduce your risk of stroke and heart attack and premature death and disability associated with this common condition. Wow, wow. In type 2 diabetes, a significant percentage are able to eliminate the need for medication normalize their blood sugar levels. Now, granted, these patients, remember, have to do dangerous and radical things. They have to adopt a healthy diet, they have to exercise and eat properly, and they have to get enough sleep. So it's only for patients that are, like, desperate enough they're willing to do those kind of radical interventions. <laughs> radical. I like, I like that. And how, how many days, I mean, again, I know it, it varies by patient, whoever comes into your facility, but how many days are you normally looking at? For example, if someone with type 2 diabetes came in, how many days of water-only fasting would you uh, generally put them on to start? Well, that fasting range from 5 to 40 days. Sometimes it's one fast, sometimes it's multiple fasts. But it really depends on the patient, their condition, how sick they are, how long it takes the body to recover, and how well they can hold up the fasting. And so, again, it's, it's very, it's very variable. The average fast, though, is between two and three weeks. So the average fast. We have patients as long as 40 days. We have people as short as five days. We have some people that are not candidates for water-only fasting. So we'll do a modified program, intermittent fasting, juice fasting, or just a healthy eating program uh, as we withdraw their medications, et cetera. Wow. Yeah, that sounds, I'm sure some of our listeners think it's pretty intense. And I imagine that, you know, depending on the health, you know, the status of their health at that time, it can vary from individual of how intense the experience actually is. It can be an intense and miserable process. Uh, fasting can be very intense. But if people would like it to be less intense, there's many things they can do before they come in for fasting that will allow them to minimize uh, the discomfort. The biggest thing is adopting a plant-based SOS-free diet. By getting rid of coffee and alcohol, uh, tobacco, nicotine, recreational drugs, and animal foods uh, in the few days before they arrive, uh, the intensity of the withdrawal is obviously dramatically reduced. One of the things we do actually is we offer people a free consultation. So what they can do is they can go to our website at healthpromoting.com, complete the registration forms. And that gets me their medical history. Then they can call in and we, and we offer a free phone conversation so that we can talk about what they can do in preparation for fasting, if fasting is appropriate for them, if there's anything they can do that they're not already doing that might improve their overall health. So that's kind of a nice thing that we do that doesn't cost people anything and yet offers them, I think, a valuable service. Sure. Sure. So water fasting, you've already mentioned it works well in tandem with a whole foods plant-based diet, but what could you expand a little more on what role does water fasting play in integrative health in general? Okay, well water fasting is an interesting uh, intervention. If people adopt a health-promoting diet and lifestyle, they do the diet, they do the sleep, the exercise, most people start healing faster than they're getting sick and so they get making these diet and lifestyle changes. They're addicted to the dietary pleasure trap. Giving up these things is very hard for them, just like it's hard for an alcoholic to give up drinking alcohol or a cigarette smoker has difficulty sometimes quitting smoking. Many people that are on a greasy, fatty, slimy, dead, decaying, flashed, highly processed food diet find it's difficult 
to break that uh, those addictions. And as a consequence, fasting can be a fabulous tool because then after going through fasting, it's like rebooting the hard drive on a computer that's become corrupted. It just clears a lot of that debris out. It makes the transition to healthy eating much better. There's a process called taste adaptation where good foods start to taste good. So for people that are having trouble getting on the right program, even though they know what to do, they're having trouble doing it, fasting can be a helpful tool. Some people have made the diet and lifestyle changes, but despite that, they're still on medications or they're still suffering from symptoms. Fasting can be a great way to make the resolution much faster. And so changes that take place in a week or two of fasting might take people months uh, with a careful feeding program. So it's a way of speeding things up. And then I think the people maybe get the best benefit from fasting are people that are healthy, but use fasting as a health promotion preventative tool. I know I do that myself on a regular basis, where I go through fasting, even though I'm eating well and living well, it has an augmenting benefit. Absolutely. That's, I'm really glad that you broke that down for our listeners here. Um, so I'm curious about something. We listened to your talk on water fasting with the Plant Pure Summit last year. And you'd mentioned a few stories in which the previous medical doctors of a few of the patients who decided to receive treatment at True North were extremely reluctant to support their patients' decisions. But then afterward, they expressed their astonishment in the results and grew an interest in fasting. So where do you think that trepidation comes from? And do you see more doctors jumping on board with this concept as time goes on? Well, you know, because fasting is not taught, uh, to conventional doctors, and because diet is not emphasized by conventional doc doctors, anything that has to do with you know dietary manipulation or fasting is seen as you know just one more on the long list of quackery nonsense that's being promulgated on people in order to extract money from them. Um, so I think a lot of times it's just the ignorance and you know well-meaning but misguided uh, concern that makes people you know naturally skeptical of something that sounds you know too good to be true. Um, doctors are, have become disenchanted uh, uh, with the basic allopathic approach. And when you think about it, most of the people that are sick and suffering in conditions of dietary excess, they have high blood pressure, they have obesity, they have diabetes, they have autoimmune diseases. And if you follow the medical protocol with these conditions, the one thing you're guaranteed is that you'll be sick the rest of your life, you'll never get well. That's why the doctors tell you with confidence that once you start those medications, you'll be on them the rest of your life. You'll never get off them. Mm -hmm. Because they're confident with their approach, you'll never get well. Mm -hmm. So now we come along and say, well, wait a second, if we get rid of the cause of the problems, the dietary excess, the dietary pleasure trap, you can actually get well and maintain health with healthful living. That's a very radical concept, and it just, just seems like Ridiculous. I'll give you an example. We recently had a patient with uh, 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 lymphoma. Uh, she was able to recover. We published it, the article in the British Medical Journal. And the doctors that called me were impressed, but what they couldn't really believe was not that she fasted for 21 days, but that she stuck to the plant-based SOS-free diet for two years after the program. Okay. <laughs> they couldn't believe that somebody actually follow the diet. That was what was most amazing to them, which I found interesting. But now we have hundreds of uh, integrative medical doctors attending conferences, including some that I've spoken at, interested and desperate to learn the one thing that's not really taught in medicine, which is how to get sick people well. You know, that's really not about, that's not part of the paradigm in medicine. That's why they don't think people with high blood pressure will ever get well. 
And yet we know they can and they do and they will. And now we're fortunately, with the help of our foundation, been able to do the research to prove it. Okay, so, you know, people often ask about how is it possible that something as simple uh, as an ancient practice like fasting can be so effective in treating a wide variety of problems? What actually is going on in fasting that's giving the body the ability to heal itself more quickly? In fact, this has become interest of interest to even pharmaceutical companies who are now sponsoring research trying to develop what are called fasting mimic drugs. So drugs that will do to your body what fasting does without actually having to fast. So some of the effects of fasting include a decrease in blood sugar levels and something called IGF-1, insulin growth factor 1. And the reduction is very similar to the reductions you see with exercise. Mm -hmm. And actually this pattern is repeated over and over again. That the benefits you see biologically with exercise are often mimicked during fasting. Fasting decreases uh, blood pressure as well as heart rate. It decreases insulin. It decreases inflammation and oxidation. If you measure things like acute phase reactive proteins, you see that they reduce uh, during fasting. And fasting also has a profound effect on the microbial load, the bacteria that live in the intestinal tract. And that's very important. About 70% of your immune system cells are involved in the digestive system. And when you fast, again, it's like rebooting the, a corrupted hard drive in a computer. A lot of things seem to be normalized. Fasting increases leptin, which is the satiety hormone. So after fasting, people think they're going to be all hungry, but in fact, they're often easily satiated because this, uh, these uh, neurochemistry associated with satiety seem to be normalized. Fasting increases insulin sensitivity, so the insulin works better, which may be why it's so helpful in diabetes. It increases cellular stress resistance and cellular stress adaptation. What that means is that, um, for example, in cancer patients, Cancer cells don't adapt well to the stress of a fasting environment. Probably they have a higher metabolic rate than normal cells. There's other reasons. Uh, fasting also produces uh, chemical changes that help protect healthy cells against uh, oxidative damage and things like chemotherapy and radiation. Uh, fasting increases autophagy, the ability of white blood cells to eat up uh, foreign debris. It normalizes the gut microbiota. It stimulates B-cell immunity. And most importantly, perhaps, is its effect on all of the major abnormalities associated with metabolic syndrome. And perhaps most important of all is its effect on taste adaptation. When you fast, good foods will start to taste good as you normalize <laughs> your taste mechanism. So for many people that can't choke down the taste of the swill that they think is plant-based diet, after fasting they find the food tastes uh, not bad. And so that can be really helpful in helping people make these adjustments. And Everything considered, I think fasting is probably the most effective tool we have uh, at helping people make these kind of changes. You know, it's interesting because it, you know, from a medical perspective, it sounds so complex, but really the concept of it is very quite simple. And I feel like when we're sick, you know, when we have the flu or pneumonia or anything like that, a cold even, our bodies naturally start to suppress our appetite in this way that makes it seem like it wants us to take a break from food for a moment and just drink fluids. Yeah, almost like it's part of our design. In fact, you need to understand fasting was necessary for human survival. If it was not for fasting, our species could not have evolved the way we did. For example, you will never see chimpanzees wandering away from the tropics because they have to have a constant source of year-round food because they cannot fast. When they go on a fast, their brain continues to burn glucose. They can only go a week or so and then they die. Whereas human beings, because of our ability to fast, this biological adaptation, our brains change from burning glucose 
to bring ketones, a byproduct of fat metabolism. That's why the average human male is, you know, 70 kilograms can fast up to 70 days. And that's why humans were able to wander away from the tropics and transverse the globe uh, because of this ability to adapt. Otherwise, the first time spring came late, all the humans that didn't have this ability died. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that information's really great, and I'm really happy that you shared that because I know a lot of people, they feel like if they only drink water for you know, five, ten days that their body's going to shut down, and I'm glad you're breaking all these myths here. Oh, my gosh. Most people think if they get on a plane in New York and they fly to California, if they don't eat those peanuts, they're going to die over Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. So if our listeners are interested in pursuing um, doc, you know, medically supervised water-only fasting, what would be your advice there? Go to our website at healthpromoting.com, complete the registration uh, forms, and then call for a free uh, phone consultation with me, and I'll help them decide if it's appropriate, and if so, we can come up with a plan. Wonderful. I like that. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to the conversation before we let you go? No, you know, it's just our model is real simple. Health results from healthful living. If you want to get and stay healthy, you have to live healthy. And healthful living is diet, sleep, and exercise. So focus on what matters. Absolutely. Very simple to the point, and I like that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Goldhammer, for coming on to our show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for getting the word out. Man, was that great. It sure was. So much information. Delivered to you with a punch. I like his little bits of sarcasm there, too. (laughs) In such a short amount of time. I think this was probably our shortest podcast. Probably. With probably more information. (laughs) Man, uh, it was all very, very good. And now it is time for your health tip of the episode. Today, as we mentioned, we will talk about skull cap. So skullcap is another herb that we love to feature. And this is all about if you have any sort of cold influenza, if you have any sort of seasonal, uh, you know, a lot of people were going into spring now. We actually guess we're already into spring. Seasonal allergies. I don't even know what the date is. Well, you know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. We haven't been sick since we adopted a whole foods plant-based diet. Um, Even back before that, uh, we just had a cleaner vegan diet and then moved into a whole foods plant-based. We haven't been sick once. And my allergies that I've been struggling with for my entire life are diminishing crazily it's it's amazing i can hold cats now i can give my dog a kiss like without flaring up seasonal allergies are almost non-existent to me so i think that's why chris and i often forget the time zone because it used to be based off that oh get the flu in december get the flu when the seasons are changing you know get bronchitis get all of this nasty stuff that we don't need it's just we've become accustomed to it thinking that it's normal because everyone around us is always sick but you don't have to be, and Skullcap is a great way to uh, treat it when you do get bit by the flu bug or the cold virus. Yeah, Skullcap is wonderful for that. You can mix it as an infusion in a tea. There's tinctures for it. Uh, there's decoctions for it. There's a lot of different things, and what you you can actually use the leaves and the roots uh, of the herb. We recommend using the leaves. Uh, they're usually dried. You can pick them up at any health food store. Those leaves then can be used in 
as you know for a T. And this has been done for a long time. Native Americans have used skull cap for a very, very long time. It's something that is trusted and something that you can count on. It is also good for you women who are going through premenstrual um, cycles right now. That's definitely really good for that. It's good for insomnia. It will calm you down. It will relax you and it will chill you out. Let's get some skull cap. Yeah, some good stuff. So uh, pick that up if this fits you. And until next time. Please, if you liked what you heard today, go on our Facebook at Soul and Wonder Inc. And comment, like it, follow us, share our episode, whatever you want to do to help support us. It really helps us out when you spread the word. We want to get this information to as many people as possible because we feel it's truly, truly beneficial and life transformational. So thanks for your support. Thank you.